Hello. Thank you for listening to the Avenue GCLC podcast. My name is Christopher Stevens, and I'm the minister at the Avenue G Church of Christ, where we are people of more. We hope that you enjoy and have enjoyed listening to this podcast, where you can find sermons, congregational singing, and talk shows with myself and youth minister Joshua Williams. We pray that the content is a blessing to you, and we hope that everyone listening can join us in person for worship and Bible class. We are located at 601 West Avenue G, Temple, Texas, 76504. And don't forget to visit us online at avegcoc.org. From the people of war to you, thank you and God bless. Uh, we take a break in our sermon series um, that we've been going through this month called The Bible Doesn't Say That in order to uh, put some focus on the mothers on this morning. And as you look at the title for this sermon on this morning, that's not a typo there. right? You would think that it would be mother apostrophe S, but it's not a mother's influence, but it is more of a statement that mothers do influence. And that's what we're going to be talking about on this day is the influence of mothers, the influence of mothers. Uh, If you have your Bible on this morning, raise it up in the air. If you have it on your phone, go ahead, raise your phone up in the air. That's a good thing. We bring our Bibles. okay? if you have a pew pew Bible, there's pew Bibles in front of you. You can grab that. It's on page 583, page 583. That should be the red and white Bibles in front of you. If you need a Bible, there's one. there should be one in front of you. It's on page 583 where we'll be reading from. There, there's something that I notice with any building, with any building that's worth its salt, any building that's been established for a long amount of time, I was online while I was studying and I was looking at buildings, some of the oldest buildings in the world. And the top five oldest buildings in the world are the oldest structures in the world are mostly found in Europe. But the thing that they mostly had in common was they all had a solid foundation, right? When you walk into the building, as you walk in, you see there is a concrete slab in which these walls are supported, in which this roof is supported, in which the the studs and the beams and all these other things, they would fall if they did not have a solid foundation. And when you take a look at that thing, you look at your home, you look at your apartment, every structure that's worth its salt, every structure that is sure to stand for a long amount of time has a solid foundation. And I want to put on your hearts this morning Challenge the mothers, challenge those who would marry women who would be mothers one day to have someone in your life and to be someone for someone else's life that will set a solid and firm foundation. And us as human beings have to understand that in order for us to have a solid foundation, in order for us to be able to stand and not fall and crumble under pressure, we have to have God as our foundation. I don't know if you realize this, but as parents, do you realize that you are the first authority figure, 
the first God-type figure in your child's life. And the bond that a mother has with their children is the first. It's the first love that they understand. Do y'all realize that? It's the first authoritative figure that they understand. And so it's important for mothers. I was about to say us mothers, but I'm not a mother. But it's important for mothers to realize that they have influence. And you directly affect your children and where they will end up. Our children today, you know, we see this. Our children today, they cannot find peace because they lack a peacemaker. Our sons and daughters are creating homes that lack godly structure. Our next generation, they seek their answers from Google and social media and not God. And we ask the question, how can we repair this situation? How can we repair this spiritual levy? Y'all know what a levy is, right? Keeps the water out. Y'all remember that levy broke in Louisiana? Right. How can we keep this spiritual levy intact so that our children aren't drowned and killed by the sin that's in this world? I believe that the focus that we have to have is being and finding influential Christian mothers for our children. If you're a mother... Be an influential Christian example to your children. If you are a man who is a looking for a wife, find a woman who will be a good Christian, influential example for her children. Let us turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Again, that's page 583 in our red and white Bibles. 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to read this passage in its entirety. Going to do something a bit different this morning. We're not going to look at this text exegetic. Well, we will look at it exegetically, but we won't go verse by verse with this. Uh, we'll start off with verse number one. Say amen when you get there. Say hold on if you're not there. All right, everybody there. All right, we're going to read the verse number one. The Bible reads, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by God's will, for the sake of the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly loved. Son, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Verse number three reads, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. Remembering your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith. Can we say sincere faith? Sincere faith? That first lived. Can we say first? First lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And now I am convinced is in you also. Therefore I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power love, and sound judgment. This letter, and this is a letter, I want you to understand that. This letter, this letter, 
of 2 Timothy was a pastoral letter. Right? Do, you, do we understand what that means here? Paul here is big brother to Timothy. Not literally his big brother. But he's trying to, to in, encourage him and set a great example for him and, and tell him how it is that God wants him to be for his people. Paul writes two letters to Timothy. And this one here, he's encouraging him on what he should be doing. And Paul starts off by saying that, I know that you're a good person and I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to be with you. And then he says, the reason for this being, the reason for you being a great person, the reason for you being this person that I, Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, can't wait to see is because something that was planted within you by two people. Go back to verse number five there for me. Verse number five, it says, I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am convinced is in you also. I need you to understand this. Paul here, he says that you have a sincere faith. When we look at that word in the original language, pisteo, in the Greek is the word faith. It is a trust in something that you can't necessarily see. A trust in something that you can't necessarily see. And this faith that he talks about here is a faith in Jesus, the one who came from heaven in the form of a man that Timothy never got to see, but yet he still believed that he was who he said he was, and that's the Son of God. He says, I remember how sincere your faith was. But he said, it didn't exist in you first. It didn't exist in you first. Your sincere faith came from somewhere else. Because it's not in man to have that, that thing called faith in them just out of nowhere. It is something that is learned. But who taught Timothy? It was his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. That's important right there. Does everyone have a handout? If you don't have a handout, raise your hand. We'll take notes here. I have three points to make this morning, then I'll let y'all get in line at uh, Golden Corral. <laughs> Does everyone have one before I go? So what we see here, the first point that I have here, go to the first point, Dayton. Godly mothers continue the cyclical nature of the gospel. Godly mothers continue the cyclical nature of the gospel. This is something that I need you to see here. Something that I need you to see. The gospel, and this is something that's important for everyone to understand, the gospel is this. In the original language, the gospel, the word eangelion is a word that looks like eulogize or evangelism. 
evangelism in English. And the word simply means good news. Did y'all know that? The gospel simply means good news, right? When you work 80 hours and then you go and you sign into your bank account app and you see your paycheck, that's good news, right? When you've been sending your kids to school for six weeks and they bring home the report card or you log on online and you see their report card and you see all A's, that's good news, all right? God has good news for the whole world. And his good news is different from what our good news is because his good news not only affects you individually, but it affects the whole entire world. And the good news is the fact that Jesus Christ He gave up the majesty of heaven and came down in the form of a man and he died for you and I. Not just you people on the left, but these folks over here on the right too. And the reason why he did it was, is because we could not save ourselves. It was impossible for us to do anything about our sinful situation. So God says, I'm going to sacrifice my son so that you people You human beings, us folks, us folks who mess up, us folks who make God look bad sometimes, us folks that sometimes put down our Christianity so we can do what we want to do. He said, I'm sending my son, Jesus Christ, so you two can be saved. And what godly mothers do is they instill this faith in Jesus Christ into their children so that they can have this good news within them and so they can also share the good news with the world. As the church, we are the body of Christ. We say that and we know that, but did you realize that you are the legs and the arms and the feet of the body of Christ? How is the world going to receive the good news about Jesus Christ if we don't go out and spread it? Now, as mothers, we, we have influence to, 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 to on our children. We influence our children to be ball players. Well, I want you to be just like LeBron. You can swing a racket like Serena. Go be a nurse. Go be a doctor. Go be a lawyer. But the focus that we ought to have with our children. Now, I'm not saying don't tell your children to to not be successful in this life. But this is the thing that's different about Christian folk. Mothers, those who are looking for wives to be Their children's mothers, understand this. This is the type of woman that you need to look for. You need to look for a woman who is going to say, I want you to be a lawyer. I want you to be a doctor. But I want you to use those professions to spread the good news. Right? That's not too hard, is it? I talked to a dentist a couple of weeks ago. I took my kids to the dentist. And this dentist was telling me how he takes his family and they go down uh, South America, I believe he said, South America. And he just goes and he does for free dental work for children and people that live in this little village that he goes to. And he shares the good news of Jesus with them. That's him sharing his success and binding it with the gospel. Right? That's something that we all can do with our children. We know that we can get our children to do whatever we want. We can influence them to do what we want. Sometimes we have our children living out our dreams. 
I used to be a great ball player. You're going to be a great ball player too. We ain't going to say nothing on that. All right. But faith, if you instill faith in your children, it opens the door to the gospel, which continues the cyclical nature of the gospel. And faith, this faith that was passed on through Timothy's mother and grandmother, it didn't just end with Timothy where he was, but his faith went to many different countries. It went to Listeria. It went to Iconium. It went to Thessalonica. It went to Corinth. It went to Ephesus. And guess what? When Peter got so bold and, and started proclaiming the gospel too much, guess where he ended up? In prison. And he was spreading the gospel in prison too. It doesn't matter where they end up. Because sometimes, guess what? You might have some children that's going to end up in prison. Sometimes you're going to have some children that's going to end up in bad places. But that's not their final destination, right? We all in here have a final destination. I want you to understand that you're going to live longer than 60, 70, 80, 90 years. Everyone in this room today is going to live forever. But what's important is, is the condition in which you live. Will you be with God? Or will you not be with God? Will you be in heaven or will you be in hell? That's what's important. Somebody just said, I want to be in heaven. <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> the second thing that I have here, godly mothers are persistent in their path towards God. That's our second line in our notes on the back of that sheet there. Godly mothers are persistent in their path towards God. I want you to understand that Timothy's mother wasn't perfect. Raise your hand if you're perfect this morning. All right, I thought <laughs> some of y'all thought about it. None of us in here are perfect on this morning. I want you to understand that none of us in here are perfect on this morning. I need to point something out to you. Let's, let's look over at Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verse number one. Brother Otto, read that for us there. This right here is, is one of the early mentions of Timothy here. Paul went on to Derby and Lystra. And this is talking about Paul as he begins his missionary journeys. And in the book of Acts, at the end, it tells the story about Paul, who was first Saul and became Paul. What does it say here about Paul? Where there was a disciple named Timothy. He said, where there was a disciple named Timothy. The son of a believing Jewish the woman. The son of a believing Jewish woman. But right. his father. Paul's right there. I need you to understand that Timothy... And his mother and his grandmother were Jewish people. And if you don't know, I need you to understand that the Jews were the first people of God. And it wasn't because they were special. It wasn't because they were Jews. It wasn't because of their nationality. They were God's people because Abraham said yes. They were God's people because Abraham had faith in God and he left everything that he knew. And God said, I'm going to bless your descendants to be as numerous as the stars. He said that through your seed, I'm going to bless the whole world. And guess who came through the lineage of Abraham? None other but Jesus Christ. And so these Jewish people, as they were slaves in Egypt and God delivered them from Egypt as Moses parted the Red Sea, and as they go into the promised land, as they cross the Jordan, they became God's people. God gave them this land called Jerusalem, and they were God's people. And God gave them a, a code or a standard to live by. And guess what? They do just like we do. 
They don't always keep what God wanted to keep. Right? We mess up and God understands that. But it says here that Timothy was the son of a believing Jewish woman. And how does it end that verse there? But his father was a Greek. But his father was a Greek. Now the Greeks, they are who our Western civilization is founded upon. A lot of our laws, a lot of the ways that we think is founded on Greek thought. The Romans, after they conquered them, they stole some of their ideas. And that's what our Western civilization is built on. But I need you to understand that one of God's rules or codes of conduct for the Jewish people was that you don't marry with folks who are not Jews. Now, that's not because God was racist. It's not. That's not the reason. God did not want other cultures to influence his people so that they would not worship him. That's the reason why. He did not want, you love this Greek man, right? And he serves many gods, and you're supposed to be serving one God. And y'all know how that struggle goes. Because y'all all have been in a situation, well, some of us have been in a situation. Because a lot of us in here won't admit that we've done wrong before, Brother Rowe. But we've had some people and some folks that we've dated and where we've placed that person on a pedestal, or we've married someone, we place them on a pedestal, and it's, your wish is my desire. And God don't want us to choose this over him. But what happened was, is Timothy's mother married a man who was a Greek. She made a mistake. It would have looked bad on her as a Jewish woman being married to a man who was not a Jew. And that's why the focus here on the second point here is that godly mothers are persistent in their path toward God. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall along the way. You're going to miss the mark that God has set for you. But I need you to understand that even though Timothy's mother marries a Greek man, even though he has a culture that does not follow God as we know God of the Bible, I want you to understand that Timothy still ends up being a disciple and a follower and a church planner for God. And he ends up spreading Jesus Christ throughout the whole known world. So what does that say for us today? What that says for us today is, is that even though you make mistakes as mothers, even though you may set bad examples at times for your kids, I need you to understand that it's not over until it's over. She persisted in following God, and guess what? Her child was someone who spread Jesus Christ to the world. Just because you mess up doesn't mean you have to stay in your mess. Just because you mess up doesn't mean that your children have to be messed up. You persist and you continue towards God. Amen? My third point here, godly mothers train their children. Godly mothers train their children. Now this is a verse here that I have from Proverbs 22, verse number 6. I remember this from being a kid. This is one of those ones that you memorize and you recite it and people clap for you, make you feel nice about yourself. 
Proverbs 22.6 says what? Start a youth out on his way. It says start a youth out on his way. Even when he grows old. Even when he grows old. He will not depart from it. Brother Rowe, read your version right there because y'all going to recognize Brother Rowe's version better. Proverbs 22, numbers, uh, verse number six. Because whenever you read this verse, it, 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 it brings back to memory things that you understood as a child. But as I began to look at what these words really meant, it struck something within me. And I was like, I have to share this. Proverbs 22, verse number six. I think this is King James or New King James. <coughs> King James. All right, read that right there. Train uh -huh. up a child. Train up a child in the way he in should the go. Way he should go. And when he is old. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. He will not depart from it. And I don't think that that's just for little boys. That's for little boys and little girls. But this word that he starts off with here, it says, train up a child in the way that it should go. In the Hebrew language, when you look at that word train, it's different from what it means in English. This word is used once in the Old Testament to mean train. But in other portions of the Old Testament, they use that same word when they dedicate a building to God. When you dedicate something to God. And I have to ask the question, have your children been dedicated for the purposes of God? Understand, when someone dedicates a building for God, it's for his uses. And so people can come and do godly things within the building. Have you dedicated your children for God? Have you said, God, here's my child. Take the things that are special about my child and use it for your purposes. My child can sing. Let them sing Amazing Grace for the people that don't know the truth. My child is a good thinker. Let them make Bible lessons and sermons for people who don't let don't yet know Jesus. My child knows how to speak to people who are in, in peril or who are depressed. Let your child be a counselor for someone for God. Have we dedicated our children for God? And mothers, I want you to know that you have the ability to influence your children so that they can be used for God. That's a power that you have. You didn't know that you were Wonder Women when you came in here today, did you? You have power to train your children up. And it, go back to that verse again, Dayton, 22, verse number six. And it says this. It says, once you start them out or once you train them on the way that they should go, it says, even when they grow old, they won't depart from it. You might be thinking to yourself, I got a knucklehead that ain't even here with me today. If they're still here on this earth, they still have an opportunity to get back on path. It's the truth. It's the truth. And what you don't realize is, is that some of you may be praying for those children who are not in God. And you may not realize that your prayers is what's still sustaining them to this day. Keep praying. Keep talking to them. Keep encouraging them. Because if you put it in them when they're young, it's going to be there when it gets old. Now, if you don't get them while they little limbs, they're going to beat you over the head when they branches. Even when they grow old, they won't depart from it. So how will we choose? I keep including myself with mothers for some reason, but how will you choose to influence your children? 
Mothers have the opportunity to instill faith in their children. That's a blind trust. When you know and when you can see that your situation is impossible, do your children see you still have faith in God and that he will fix it? That's how you'll instill faith in your children. Mothers, we have to, or you have to be an example of persistence in God. You have to dedicate your children for God's purposes. All of this will ensure that our children continue to spread the good news. What if we encourage our children to bring their friends and talk to their friends about the gospel? What if we practice biblical scripture with them? What if we practice on how to talk to people about Jesus Christ and what he can do for their lives? What if at this church we encouraged and brought our children's friends to Bible class and to worship? When you have sleepovers, don't take them home on Sunday morning. What if our children went out into the world not as simple lawyers, doctors, business owners? What if they inserted the gospel into their professions? As mothers, you have a power to influence your children towards greatness. Paul encouraged Timothy. Timothy ended up being a leader at the church in Ephesus. Y'all heard of that book, Ephesians? That's Timothy's church. Because of his grandmother, because of his mother, who instilled a faith in him when he was just a little boy, he went on to do amazing things for God. This morning, if you have a desire on your heart to be this type of godly mother, I want you to know that you can be. And it doesn't have to start next year. You can start today. I want you to know that your children are literally the present and the future at the same time. It doesn't start for them whenever they're 16, 17, 18. It starts now. It starts now. They are the church of today. If you need prayer on this morning, I invite you to come forward. If you're not a Christian this morning and you want to be a Christian, I need you to understand that you live beneath your privilege. God has something special for you. He has something special for you. God understands that you've done wrong. God understands that you have missed the mark. But I need you to know, I need you to understand that God is a God who overflows with kindness who overflows with forgiveness. And he's made a way for you through his son, Jesus Christ. And the only thing that you have to do, you must first believe. You can't be saved if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. The second thing that you must do is repent of your sins. That word repentance means you're going this way and you turn away from what you've been doing. Repentance is a change of heart, right? Repentance is a change of heart. Changing your mind is what leads to change in action, right? When I want to lose weight, I have to first change my mind about all the gravy and all the bacon and all that bread that I like to eat. And if I change my mind, then I can change my actions. Does that mean that I won't ever eat gravy again? No, I might mess up sometimes. 
what it means is, is that when you mess up, since you change your mind, you feel bad about that thing you did. The next thing you must do is confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ lost his life because he said, I am the Son of God. And when you confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, guess what? You lose your life too. But not physically. You lose who you are. You no longer live for yourself, but you live for God. And when you die to yourself, I want you to understand that we serve a God who's able to raise from the dead. And when God raises from the dead, he makes you something so much better. He doesn't just raise you from the dead so you're like a zombie. He makes you into something totally new. When you're buried in the watery grave of baptisms, you meet the blood of Jesus Christ. And God doesn't remember anything that you've done in your past. He doesn't judge you for it. He doesn't hold you accountable for those things. And as you progress on your path towards eternity, when you mess up, guess what? You have All you have to do is ask God to forgive you and you start over again. Ain't that good? I invite you, if you need prayers, if you want to become a Christian, to come forward as we sing the song of invitation. All to G.